welcome to be dismissed to go back to their, um, their children's church this morning. And isn't our praise team awesome? Amen. Amen. Y'all can give them a round of applause. Uh, that, we could do a better applause than that, I think. Uh, the scripture says to give honor to whom honor is due. And I think they deserve some honor because they, they practice diligently and they lead us to remember the story through song. And there's no really more powerful way for us to uh, remember than through story and through song. In fact, God likes stories and he likes songs. And so, uh, so a lot of scripture actually that we read is kind of uh, 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 black and white words on a paper or the red and white words on the paper. Um, we read a little blandly. We, re we read so rigid sometimes and it should be flowing. It should be Arti artistry and creativity that came out uh, through God's people telling the story and often telling the story through song. And so this morning we do thank our praise team for leading us there. Um, I thank you for being with us this morning. There are some really great churches in our city and surrounding communities and uh, we celebrate what they're doing this morning, and some of y'all could have been there, but y'all chose to be here, and we, we feel honored about that. And then um, those of you who have made this your home for, uh, for the last few years or for very many years, it's so wonderful for me as your pastor to see your faithfulness and your uh, diligence coming back week after week, um, month after month, year after year to worship and our Lord in this place to fellowship with one another and to, um, to really strive together to be disciples on mission, making disciples. And so um, thank you all for being here. Uh, on a day like today where there's a lot of energy, I'm sure some of y'all got dressed a little bit more than you normally get dressed on a Sunday morning, right? Um, you have to get gussied up a little bit more. James actually fixed his hair this morning. It's a good thing. Just joking, James's hair is always fixed. But, but, but maybe there's a lot going on in your house this morning. Maybe whenever you came in here, there's a lot of energy because you're seeing people and you're excited. And, 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 and sometimes like that energy is good, but sometimes that energy can just be nervous energy, if you will. And sometimes that energy uh, requires that we kind of settle down our hearts and our minds and soberly think, what was it like for Mary for her despair to end that first, that first resurrection morning. We know the story. Mary is there. She's sobbing. She's weeping. And so much is she sobbing and weeping that she can't even recognize that it's Jesus standing before her. Now, there's a lot to that, right? He was beat up. I'm sure his, breath, his voice probably sounds different. Think about that. He was, he was gasping for air. just strained his vocal cords. I imagine he didn't sound the same. He didn't look the same. But she couldn't see, and you've been in these moments before where, where you've been so overwhelmed and overcome with grief that, that, that maybe you weren't aware of your surroundings very well. And that morning, her despair ended. And this was real despair for a woman who was, who's, who is, as scripture says, she, she, she was demon-possessed. She was an outcast. She was on the margins. She'd been healed. She'd been rescued. They were certain that Jesus was Messiah. But Messiahs don't die. 
the way that Jesus died. Messiahs aren't rejected. Messiahs aren't sentenced to death. There was, and we've talked about this before, there was no last-minute liberation of Jesus. There wasn't, it wasn't like the Red Sea. Remember whenever the children of Israel got to the Red Sea and it was like, oh no, death is certainly upon us. And right at the last minute, the sea begins to open up. There's no last minute rescue. And I'm sure they were waiting at the foot of the cross for that last minute rescue. There was none of that. No, it was, he breathed his last breath. And now where do we go from here? So, with that kind of sober thought and moment to think that resurrection reality entered into that moment. Right? It didn't enter into a moment where like, oh, I didn't have such a great day, bummer. It entered into the moment where all hope is lost. I want us to think about that just for a moment. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. I want you to settle your heart on the reality of resurrection, on the hope of resurrection, on the beauty and the power of resurrection, and the joy of resurrection. I'm going to give you a moment, and then I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll continue on. I'm going to begin praying. Don't let my prayer interrupt your prayer if you are praying. Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, we believe that there's energy, there's power, there's vitality, there's zeal in what we are celebrating today. But Lord, we also know that we can, we can manufacture energies and we don't need any manufactured energies. Lord, Lord what we need is we need spirit-filled energy from you. And so, God, like today, I, I know that there's just a lot of anticipation and excitement for this day. But we want our hearts to be centered on you. We want our focus to be arrested by you. Oh Lord, we pray and we ask that you would do this work. Uh, Lord, we pray that... Um, as you speak to us today, and we trust that you have spoken and you will continue to speak, but as you speak to us today, Lord, our prayer is uh, that you, you will minister to us as we need. And, and Lord, we come from different places, and you know all the places that we come from, Lord. Some of us are beat up by our failures to temptation. 
and sin this week. Some of us are, are, are walking confidently, but we're erring on, uh, on the side of pride, and we need to be humbled a little bit this week. Lord, Lord some of us are, are in a place of contentment and joy and just ease, and we, we're, we're grateful, and Lord, we, 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 wanna, we want you to receive our praise. Lord, some of us are broken, and we need you to put us back together, God, and, and we need to begin to walk with you afresh. And so, Lord, wherever we are coming from, we pray that you will minister to us. And then, Lord, I pray this. I pray that we would receive what you give us, Lord. Lord, sometimes we come with an expectation. And, and, and you, don't, you don't necessarily meet that expectation because you have something else that you want to deal with us about. And so, Lord, Lord, might we just lay down our expectations and receive from you what you have for us, Lord. And, and then, Lord, I also pray this. I pray that uh, you're going to speak, but I know that I'm, I'm a mouthpiece today, Lord. And, Lord, I don't want to get in the way of you. So, God, I pray and I ask that you would just be with me. That you would um, make sure that my, uh, my words are, 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 are thoughtful and considered to be your words, Lord, and that I don't, I don't muck it up by, uh, by bringing any words of my understanding into this. But, Lord, I speak that which you give me. And then, Lord, I pray and I ask that um, everything that we do here, Lord, as we receive from you and, and as we speak, your word and, and, and as we apply your word lord might we do it uh might we do it in such a way that brings you honor and glory uh, might we do it for the purpose of not only worshiping you but also loving others lord um god and then lord i pray and i ask for your um yeah your continued blessings and mercy in this place today uh lord i ask all these things in christ's mighty resurrected name Amen. Uh, <clears throat> we've been we've been examining the way um, the way period, and, and we've been thinking about really more closely the way uh, surrounding the cross, the the cross as the way, if you will. And so, so a few weeks ago, we we, we thought about the way to the cross and and how Jesus. Um, in Luke chapter number nine, Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem and he said, I'm going to Jerusalem. And he had just told them earlier on in the text. And uh, we find early on in that chapter that Jesus had said, whenever he gets to Jerusalem, that he's going to be arrested and he's going to suffer and he's going to die. And on the third day, he's going to rise. And, and, and so he knows what waits for him at Jerusalem. And what we kind of thought about was, was on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus doesn't back down. Right? Uh, we've already seen the things that people would challenge Jesus with. Right, if, if he healed on the Sabbath, there were people there going, oh, why, is, why are you healing on the Sabbath? And why are you breaking the law? And, um, and, and Jesus is not going to back down from that. We, we see that Jesus is not going to back down from, from sitting with, with people who need mercy. Uh, the, the, the sinners, the outcasts, the, uh, the, the tax collectors, right? The, the notorious ones in the communities who, 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 who either are, are, are wealthy and they are greedy and they are uh, people who despise for that reason or, or maybe they're, they're, they're immoral and they're shady and people despise for that reason. Jesus isn't going to back down from, from sitting down with them and, and having a meal with them and, and, and extending grace and mercy and hospitality and generosity and God's love to them. And, and so Jesus isn't going to back down from these things. And so the way to the cross is, is this determination. I, I, I can't stop what, what the Lord has led me to do. I'm going to keep on the path of doing that which I know is true. And, and then we've talked about the way of the cross. And the way of the cross, as we looked at it last week, it stands in contrast to the ways of this world. 
and, uh, and it's imaged um, early on in Jesus's uh, quote-unquote triumphal entry. Jesus uh, rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, and not any kind of donkey. It's a lowly donkey, right? It's not the uh, Tesla of donkeys. It is the pacer of donkeys. It is not a good donkey. It is a, it is a donkey that you would never put burden on because it's not strong enough yet. And he rides in on this donkey, and, um, and that is for us an image of the way of the cross. He, he, he contrasts the ways of this world and the kings and the leaders and the generals and the victorious revolutionaries of the world. They ride in on, uh, on chariots driven by four horses because you need four horses to ride me in because that's the kind of man I am. And Jesus comes in on this donkey that couldn't even plow a field, right? And so we have Jesus coming in in contrast of the way of this world, but all, not just contrast, he comes in and it's a critique of the way of the world. It's almost mocking the way that this world acts. Like, like we have to put on this bravado and we have to put on this, this spectacle so that everybody knows how big and how powerful and how mighty I am. And Jesus says, I'm going to come in and I'm going to poke holes in all that pomp and circumstance. Because all that is a mask for all that you are not. And Jesus can come in riding on a donkey. And the thing is, is they get that there's a critique to it because they say, tell your disciples to stop crying Hosanna. And he says, if they stop, the rocks would cry out. But that donkey also pre-images the way of the cross and that there's humility that's involved. There's an emptying of self that is involved in following the way of the cross. So we've looked at the way to the cross. We've looked at the way of the cross. As we talked about it on Friday night, the way of the cross is not just in contrast and critique, and it does not just require humility. The way of the cross actually is this great act of trust. And it's trust that the way of the cross is reality. See, it's appointed unto all of us one time to die. And after that, the judgment. And you can t go the way of the cross if you're willing to accept that that's a reality. It's a reality that, 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 that all the hours I put into my kids becoming a good baseball player or basketball player, not bad in and of themselves, but they will fade away. I don't care if they fade away whenever your kid's in junior high or high school or after they get their D1 scholarship or after they uh, have an illustrious career in the, uh, you know, in the NBA or the NFL. One day they will fade away and you can talk to these ex-athletes and they can go, I don't know what to do with myself because so much of my life was put into this one thing. The same could be said not only of what we, you know, the sports and the accolades that we, you know, make sure that we, we, we help our children receive, but it could be said of the academics. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, you know, I, I've, I've gained all the knowledge and wisdom of this world, and it's empty, ultimately. It doesn't satisfy, and it doesn't last. I can try to give it to the next generation, but who knows what they're going to do with it. So 
the way of the cross is accepting this reality that, hey, listen, we, all this stuff is going to fade, so what am I going to live for? Am I going to live so that I can be judged by you to see if I'm really good? Or am I going to live so that I can be judged by the one whose judgment really matters? And so today we come, we've gotten to the cross, we've gone the way of the cross, and now we're looking at the way from the cross. And I'm not going to lie to you, I struggled over the way from the cross. Does it make sense to y'all the way from the cross? Did y'all get it whenever y'all read it, right? Um, I was sitting there, should I go the way from the cross, the way through the cross? This is what's so silly about me sometimes, is, 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 is I'll parse over these things. But, but the fact of the matter is, I, was, I, 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 I thought, man, this will be, we want to have it really going and flowing. And then I got to the way from the cross. And so here's what I mean from this. This is the way that arises from the cross. Where the cross has, we've been led to the cross. We've been led through the cross, as you will, going the way of the cross. And now where does that lead us? Where does that take us? And Jesus is the one that we look to. It's his story that we are, that we are, we find that he went to the cross. He went the way of the cross. And now where is he at? And here we pick up in Luke chapter number 24, verse number one. What had just been said was that there were some faithful women who had been traveling with Jesus. And Luke likes to mention the faithful women that traveled with Jesus. He, 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 he talked about them in chapter number 8, and, and, and he celebrates them. And he says not only did they travel with him, they helped support them, like uh, uh, the, the ministry. And, and, and we find that you know, outside of uh, one disciple, one male disciple, the ones who were gathered around the cross, at least maybe from a distance, are these faithful women who followed Jesus and they're watching from afar off. And, and what they did was they, 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 they found out uh, that, that Joseph of Arimathea had, had, had gotten his body and procured his body from the cross, that Joseph of Arimathea had taken him to, um, to this brand new tomb, this brand new sepulcher. Joseph of Arimathea had, had prepared his body, had wrapped it in linen, and they watched him put the body in the tomb. And they said, okay, we're going to go and we're going to prepare spices and ointments so that we can anoint his body. And uh, then time ran out on Friday and it became the Sabbath later Friday. And they said, well, we'll have to wait until early Sunday. And so they they got up early on Sunday. Here's what's kind of interesting is they did not sleep in on Sunday. And that's a good message for any good Baptist preacher. They didn't sleep in on Sunday. You see if they would have slept in. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, they got, but what it does tell us is how eager they were to do this. Hey, this is some way that we can honor him. So something is still going on in their heart where they cannot reconcile what's taken place. So early on the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher and they entered in and they found not the body of the Lord Jesus. So this is an empty tomb. 
And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stand by, stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth, and they said unto them, the two men did, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee? Don't y'all remember? He said this all the way back in Galilee. My page flipped. Um, he said that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day risen. And at that moment, when the angels reminded them, they remembered. They remembered his words and they returned from the sepulcher and they told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were there with them which told these things unto the apostles. And the apostles said, that sounds right. I remember him saying that in Galilee. Thanks for telling us this is good news. Nope. They said, nuh-uh, that didn't happen. They said, uh, I love how Luke writes it. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. They said, you're lying. That's not true. We have to go see for ourselves. We've all been told stories like this, right? Hey, did y'all hear what happened? No, 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 no. Yeah, there's a video. Let me show you. Who can trust video anymore, by the way? I can't trust video evidence for anything. You know, like eight years ago or more, they showed Michael Jordan. And Gatorade had this commercial where Michael Jordan, that, 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 that crazy shot that he hit from, uh, from the free throw line at the end of the game. And, 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 and on the commercial, instead of the shot going in, it rims out. And I was like, that's not what happened. And so whenever they begin to do that, I was like, I can't trust any of this. This is so crazy. And, um, and now we are in the place where we are at today with much distrust, aren't we? And where can we anchor into? Well, they could go see the empty tomb. So Peter arose and ran unto the sepulcher. And Peter stooped down and he looked and he saw the linen clothes laid by themselves. And Peter departed, wandering in himself at that which was come to pass. Now we can say at this moment, each of the Gospels tells this story a little bit differently. And some people will go, ooh, gotcha. See, they said that Peter and John or Peter and the beloved uh, disciple were there. So this one just says that Peter's there. So big contradiction, right? Well, could be. Or it could just be a couple of things. A, Luke is telling his story based on the information that he has, based on the vantage point that he has. And Luke is saying, hey, the way that it was told me was that Peter went. And the other one says, oh, no, no not, not only Peter, but Peter and John. Uh, there's that. And then there's also this thing that we have to kind of keep in mind, that all of these gospels are written not only from their vantage point, but to tell their message. And sometimes they leave some details in there that are just like, you're like, that's kind of like a throwaway detail. 
Like if you were being so guarded and so, so meticulous, you wouldn't have said some of the details. Like in John's gospel, uh, the beloved uh, disciple, he, he, he got there first, but he waited. And I always love that. I, I will bring it up almost every Easter. I just love, he, he got there first, but he was kind enough to wait. But then here comes Peter, the blowhard, and Peter just, you know, goes right into the tomb. So some of these, de- some of these details don't matter, but we should say this, or don't seem to matter, should we say but we should also say that Luke is telling us the information that he wants us to know. Not only is he telling it from his perspective based on the information that he has, but some of the details he goes, that's not an important detail. The detail that I want there is that the women showed up and there was an empty tomb. They went back and they told everyone who was there, and it was the 11 and others. And we find out in uh, the beginning of Acts, there's probably up to 120 people still gathered still trying to make sense out of what happened. And Peter ran and he found it just as the woman had said, and Peter walked away and he couldn't make sense of it. And then we have this story of two on the way to Emmaus. And they are perplexed over this scenario as well. And we talked about this a lot last year, and it's not really the, 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 the focus of my message, but I think it's important for us to pay attention to, is resurrection didn't happen and everything fell into place. Resurrection happens, and then they have to start sorting through some things. And I think sometimes, like when we come into Christ and, and life in Christ, we think, oh, now that I have Jesus, everything's going to fall into place. And it's like, no, like our life in Christ is, is something that we kind of have to, we have to live into and we have to sort through some things. And that's okay. Right? They had to sort through the reality that was before them. But then Jesus walks with these two on the road to Emmaus. And they are or perplexed about what's going on. And Jesus, at the end uh, of, of telling them, hey, all this was already talked about in the scriptures. And Moses, and the law, and then the prophets. He says, I, I don't know why you're, why you're so confused about this. And then Jesus breaks bread with them. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He blesses it. And at that moment, they go, it's Jesus. And then he's like, I'm out of here. And Jesus is gone. And then they run back to Jerusalem. And they're there at Jerusalem. And as they got to Jerusalem, they came and they said to the uh, disciples, this is Luke 24, 33. says, they rose up the same hour, they returned to Jerusalem. They found the 11 gathered together and them that were with them. And everybody was saying, the Lord is risen indeed. He's appeared unto Simon. So they get in to tell them their story. And they said, no, let us tell you our story. He appeared to Simon. And this is, of course, Simon Peter. And they all celebrated. They were all telling each other just like you would do if you witnessed something yourself. Um, have you all ever been out there? Uh, you heard a, a, a few years ago, I was living in uh, Analea, Kings Park, Whitehall neighborhood. And a tornado ripped through our neighborhood. Guess what? I slept through the entire thing. 
because that's the kind of man that I am, right? No, I'm, yeah, I did really, I slept through it, and then Brittany woke me up, and she was like, I just heard a loud noise, and I was like, oh. And so we all go out there, all the neighbors, and we're all sitting there, and we're kind of looking, and, and, and we were just like really on the edge. I, I think my neighbor's fence got messed up, but there was like, like from, from that house over about 14 houses, there was just, you could see some remnants of dest destruction and it just came like right through our neighborhood. And we were all sitting out there and we were, we were telling, everybody was saying what happened to them, you know? And then at the same time, I start getting calls from other people in the neighborhood and they're like, hey, hey, our power's out. This is, uh, we heard this loud noise and everybody starts sharing what was going on. And this is what happened with them. They get there and they're trying, they've gone from trying to make sense of it to now he's appeared to some of them and now they're all, well, where were you at? And tell me your story. And we're, well, well I was over here and this happened. And I'm sure they were probably not being very patient. They're probably <laughs> talking over each other and, um, and doing something that I love. I love whenever I start to tell a story and somebody interrupts me. Um, right? Y'all know that I love that. I love being interrupted in a story. And, then, um, and this is why me and my wife uh, have such a hard time uh, because <laughs> she can never let me tell a story and I can never honestly let her tell a story either. But, um, but, 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 the, but they're doing this thing and then right there and in this moment, Jesus stood in the midst of them. And Jesus says, peace be unto you. Now, there, there's, this is loaded Right? I mean, for one, they're all, there's all this energy inside. He is risen indeed! Oh my goodness! He appeared to Simon. Tell me about it, Simon. Oh, we just got back from Emmaus, and we were walking with him, and he was telling us all this stuff. And, you know, and, 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 and so there's all this energy in there. And then also, Jesus shows up, and then they're all probably like, <coughs> like the, the, I, I couldn't imagine, like a hush goes over the crowd, like, there he is! And, whoa! You know, and, and he's like, hey, just calm down. Just calm down. I'm here. And even though he says, peace be unto you, I love verse 37 starts with a conjunction, a disruptive conjunction, but even though he says, hey, y'all calm down. This is interesting. He said, peace be still unto the waves and the winds, and they stopped. He says, peace be still unto his disciples, and what happens? But they were terrified and affrighted. They were scared still. They thought that they were looking at a ghost. And I guess just an interesting thing for y'all to put a like note on. Maybe we can study it out further later, but he could calm the winds and the seas, but sometimes he can't calm us. And Jesus says, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Look, my hands, my feet. Look, see, it's, it's me. It's me, Jesus. Handle me and see. Listen, a ghost, a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they believed not for joy, they were just overwhelmed. They don't even know what to do with themselves. They're still like, okay. Uh, and I think the, that believe not is not that they, they really didn't believe. They're just standing there in disbelief and awe. Like, are we really seeing what we're seeing? Jesus says, I'm hungry. Have you eaten meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and he ate before them. 
And Jesus said unto them, these are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you. Listen, I told you all things must be filled which were written on the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day so that repentance and remission of sins could be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And listen, you are witnesses of these things. And guess what? Behold, look, I'm going to send you the promise of the Father, but, in, but first I want you to wait here in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And Luke's going to continue telling his story in the Gospel of Acts. So here is where we get back to the way from the cross is what? Where does the cross lead us to? Where does this cross, which actually is a symbol of suffering and it's a symbol of death, right? Because suffering and death take place on the cross. Where does it lead us to? Well, first of all, here's where it leads us not to. It does not lead us to disembodied bliss. I want us to be clear about this. Jesus came back in a fully flesh and body, real life, person he was not a ghost did y'all see that the tomb was empty he shows up there's some weirdness going on with how he shows up but whenever he shows up he says I, he can speak he can be touched he can eat he can chew he can digest right so the way of the cross doesn't lead us to some disembodied bliss and this is what i mean by that the way of the cross for us it's not some abstract reality right the way of the cross doesn't just you're gonna feel good warm and fuzzy feelings if you trust jesus listen jesus is my hope he's my peace why does he have to be my hope and my peace because the way of the cross is a way of suffering and death and if i'm gonna live that life guess what i don't feel warm and fuzzy about it every day Last night, I had to stay at, for Family Promise again. The night before Easter, with my family, my boys sleeping on mattresses on the bed, on the floor, and my wife and I sleeping on a cot. I couldn't even snuggle with her. <laughs> Listen, that's such a, a Family Promise, I'm just going to tell you, it's such a... Somebody was telling me like, oh man, I can't believe, good, good job for serving. I was like, it really requires so little of you. But I can tell you this, on the Saturday night before Easter Sunday, I wasn't going, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Yay! I get to stay tonight. And I wasn't a big baby about it. But it just wasn't like, what I wanted to do. Oh, preacher, how dare you? I know. But the way of the cross doesn't call me to do things that I want to do. All right? And, and like I said, it's not, it's such an easy giving of myself. But if we know anything about our society, especially our society where we have so much 
and we are so attended to, and we are so, we are, we are, we are overabundantly blessed with material resources and ease and comfort. What we should know is it takes very little discomfort for us to be bummed out. You know, we look at our friends in Ukraine who for the past 50 some odd days have been enduring hell. And we see, we see some of them still gathered yet singing songs of Zion. How can they sing the songs of Zion on the, rivers, on the riverbanks of Babylon? I don't understand it. I don't get it, but they are. They are. And so I want us to know this, that like when we choose the way of the cross and we trust in resurrection, that does not mean that anything that we have to give of ourselves, well, that doesn't really bother me. I'm unaffected by it because I got Jesus. No, we are affected by it. We are like Jesus. And, and sometimes it takes very little for us to be affected by it. And we should be honest about that. We should be like Jesus in the garden saying, hey, is there another way, God? If there's another way, please, I don't really want to have to go through this. I don't really have to give this time, this energy, this money but if we can't be honest with that if, then we are going to be seeking some abstract reality some abstract hope some 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 really it's we're going to be chasing a lie it's vanity it's empty it's wind when we go well i'm really i should be feeling good about this you're not going to feel good about going the way of the cross it's not the cross itself that brings you joy it's that which comes after the cross and that which comes after the cross is what we really want to talk about. So there's two things that we really need to see here. First of all, that which comes after the cross is a fully resurrected life. Jesus is fully resurrected. Scripture tells us he died once, never to die again. He died, he rose to new life, he's never going to die again. This is in Romans chapter number 6. And that he died, what he did in his death and his, in his resurrection, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, is he's the first one to be resurrected. But all of, those who, all of those of us who are in Christ, we will be resurrected. We will be given new, fully physical, visible bodies, a new creation, restoration of all things when he returns. Now, Paul talks about the end of 1 Corinthians 15, like this body of mine that is corruptible and it has mortality, it will be transformed. But it will be in a flesh and, a flesh and blood existence as we understand flesh and blood existence. It will be physical, it will be a reality. This is why I want us to think about this is because what we are looking for is God to make all things new, not to make me just feel better about all the bad things. What we are looking for is God to take every evil, every hurt, every horror, and as he is able to do, take all that man meant for evil and work it for good. That's what we're looking for. We are looking for a new heavens and a new earth, a new creation. And not only are we looking for that, we're living for that. That's the other part of resurrected life. Not only does it secure for us that there's this fully resurrected and restored life when Christ returns. And let me just say this. That is what Christians understand as the word hope. 
Hope is not this wistful wish. Well, I hope things go well for y'all guys. My hope, as, as Paul talks about in, in Romans chapter number eight, my hope is the same hope that creation has. And, and he says all creation is groaning, even at this present moment. And they're waiting for, they're, they're waiting for the restoration of all things. And, and we are, are groaning with creation because we're waiting for our adoption. We're waiting for the new creation. We're waiting for the Lord to make all things new. We don't look around and go, man, this stuff in Russia is kind of, kind of silly. And it's kind of sad. It's kind of bad. And I don't like it. But don't worry. One day we'll all be in heaven and we'll all be playing harps. No, we are looking at it and we're going, I hate that this is happening. I hate that there's evil and there's atrocity, not only in Russia. There's stuff going on in Afghanistan. There's stuff going on in uh, uh, the, 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 uh, in Africa. And, and, and there's... there's all this, all this horrible stuff going on. And when we look at the big things, we also look at the little things and the things that are going on, even in the privacy of our own lives. And we go, like, this is all terrible. And what we are looking for is for God to actually make things new. And that is our hope. And it's something that we don't see yet. That's why we call it hope. But we trust in it because we see it in Jesus, because Jesus has gone through death. And come out the other side in resurrection. But the second thing is this. Not only are we going to have a fully resurrected, restored life when Christ returns. The second thing is this. is This is a life that you and I are able to live now. And again, it's not an abstract reality. You and I are able to make different decisions in our lives those of us who, who, who have our faith in Christ and we have received from Christ the gift of the Spirit, we are made able to say no to some things and yes to things. We're able to follow the way of the cross. We're able to put some things to death and to give life and flesh to new things. We find this talked about in Romans chapter number 6. Paul says that those of us who are in Christ we, we don't continue on in sin because what we consider our life is, is like, like baptism has been this image that we were, and we, we were dead and we were buried with Christ and we've been raised to new life. So we walk in newness of life. Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians chapter number four. He says, listen, we bear the body or the death of Christ in our bodies so that the life of Christ might be lived out of us. And so this resurrection reality is this, that you and I can actually make new decisions about how we are going to pattern our lives. And that becomes concrete action. Uh, I love, Paul um, outlines this in e, Colossians. He, he outlines it all throughout his writings. But in Colossians chapter number three, he says it pretty plainly. And, 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 and this morning, what I wanted to do is I just kind of want to read from uh, uh, Colossians 3, and I want to read from the message version. This is Eugene Peterson's translation, and if you don't know anything about Eugene Peterson or this translation, or if you've only heard horrible things about Eugene Peterson in this translation, let me just tell you right now, Eugene Peterson was an awesome pastor, an awesome pastor. He loved his uh, church, and he shepherded them well, and what he did was he wanted his church to know God's word and to be able to see God's word lived out in their life and to lo love God's word. And so what he did was he began this project where he started translating the Psalms from like some, some, some languages that his people were having a hard time into their common vernacular. And because he's a pastor, all this pastoral kind of 
heart, this preaching heart kind of comes out in it. And, uh, and, and I love his uh, translation of uh, the uh, Colossians chapter number three in the message. And so I wanted to read that for y'all this morning. And, and this is what I would say is we believe in resurrection and we have this hope. And, and, and here's what we get to do. We get to make some choices it's not an abstract reality, but you and I get to make choices about what we're going to do with our time, our energy, our resources. We get to make some decisions about how we are going to um, uh, say what, what things we're going to say, what things we're not going to say, what things we're going to do, what things we're not going to do. And so, um, so if you will, uh, I'll, I'll read it uh, from Eugene Peterson's um, The Message, Colossians chapter number three. If you want to follow along in your own translation, you can do this. But, but here's what he says. He says, listen. If you're serious about living the new resurrection life with Christ, then act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. I love this. He says, don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things that are right in front of you. He says, look up, be alert. Let's see what's going on around Christ. He says, if you look at Christ, that's where the action is. See things from his perspective. See, your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though it is invisible to spectators, it is life with Christ in God. He is your life. And get this, when Christ, your real life, remember, when he shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too, the real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. And that means this, it means killing off going the way of the cross, killing off everything connected with the way of death. So let's talk about those things. It's sexual promiscuity, it's impurity, it's lust. It's doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it. It's grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. And it's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. Listen, it wasn't long ago that you were doing all of that stuff. And, and, and at that time, you didn't know any better. But listen, here's the deal. Now you know better. So make sure it's all gone for good. Uh, I'm not just talking about sexual uh, immorality, promiscuity, all those things. I'm talking about also bad temper. Oh, no. Irritability. Get off my toes. Meanness. Profanity. Dirty talk. He goes on. He says, don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and you've put in the fire. But now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, uncivilized and uncouth, slave and free, all these kind of words, they mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ and everyone is included in Christ. So you, my brothers and my sisters, who are chosen by God for this new life of love, here's how you should dress. You should dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Here's what it looks like, compassion, kindness. Humility, it's a quiet strength, it's discipline. Be even-tempered and content with second place. Be quick to forgive an offense. In fact, forgive as quickly and as completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. I love 
It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. And from this, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with one another and step with each other. Don't do any of this going off on your own and, and, and doing your own thing. Now stay in step with one another. Not only do you want to keep peace in your heart, you want to cultivate thankfulness. Listen, let the word of Christ, the message, have run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the master. And who is our master? Jesus. And all along the way, let us thank God, the Father, every step of the way. See, we get to choose whether or not we are going to go off on our own or we're going to put to death going off on our own. We get to choose whether or not we're going to do acts of kindness, love, sincerity, forgiveness, or whether we're going to do self-serving acts, lying, cheating, stealing, begrudging. See, this new life that we have, this new life that we have comes by way of the cross. And when you go not only to the cross, but you you go the way of the cross, you come away from the cross, not into some abstract reality, not some wistful wish, but you come to a new life where you have been fully, fully remade after the image of Jesus. And you get to live into that. And so my brothers and my sisters, my hope and my prayer is on this Resurrection Sunday. We not only celebrate that Jesus is alive, but we celebrate that we've been made alive in Christ as well. And we go from this place, always, always the way of the cross, knowing that as we mortify this, we are putting on this. We go the way of the cross, and from the way of the cross, we receive this new life, this concrete, fleshly, earthy new life that we can put in action each and every day. And if you've never trusted Jesus, that's the gospel. That's the good news. He gives you new life. We'd invite you to trust him. But for those of us who have, let's go from the cross living this new resurrected life until that day when he makes all things new. Do my brothers and my sisters agree? Amen. 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 Let's do this. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Let's... uh, Let's reflect on what the Lord's spoken to us this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. God, um, it's hot in here. And I hate that because uh, that can distract us from you. And so, Lord, I pray and I ask that you would just over these next few minutes keep hold of our hearts and our minds and our attention. 
And then, Lord, what we want to do right now is we just want to, just for a, a few moments, before we rush out of here and we rush to all the things, we want to give a few minutes to attend to what you've been speaking to us. And that's what we trust, Lord. We trust not only have you spoken to us as a group, but you've spoken to us individually. You've, you, you've pointed out some things that we need to attend to. And so, so Lord, here's what we offer. Uh, whatever you're talking to us about, Lord, my prayer is that we will talk to you about that. Uh, Lord, that we will talk to you. If we need to confess sin and we need to seek your repentance, we'll confess sin and we'll seek your repentance. If we need to say thank you for the encouragement, God, I needed that. And we could just say thank you for the encouragement, God, I needed that. Lord, if we say, okay, I I hear you correcting me. (laughs) Show me a new way forward that we we would say, okay, God, I'm ready to follow that new way forward. Whatever it is, Lord, we pray. We pray that you would be with my brothers and my sisters, be with all those who are gathered here. And Lord, um, continue ministering to us. Help us to apply that which, what, that which we've received, we pray in Christ's name. I'm gonna invite you to a time of prayer. And all I would say is very simply, talk to God about what God is talking to you about, what's on your heart, and just go to him and talk to him about those things. We'll take a few minutes doing this and then I'll close us in prayer this morning. If you need somebody to pray with, I'm here, and I would be glad to pray with you um, as well. If you're still praying, don't let my prayer interrupt your prayer. Lord, I love you, and I uh, come to you right now, Lord, and I lift up the prayers of my brothers and my sisters. Lord, not only those that we have prayed right now, but that we will pray. Lord, we pray that you continue to uh, attend to these prayers. Uh, Lord, I pray this, and I um, lift up the word that we've uh, spoken today, Lord. And Lord, my prayer is that um, all that we've said and done in this place will be uh, life-shaping and, and, and for our week ahead, Lord, that we would we would know that we uh, ha- we have the ability to live into this new life, and that we would do so with how we uh, with with everything that we think and everything that we do, Lord. I pray, and Lord, I pray, and I ask that you would just please 
Um, Lord, uh, our hope and our prayer is that everything that we've done here has been pleasing unto you. It's brought you glory and it's made you known. Uh, Lord, I pray and I ask that, uh, that all those things that have brought you glory and made you known, Lord, that we would keep those. Anything that has been done that is not, Lord, would you let us know it, A, but then also, Lord, may it fall to the ground. Any words that I said that did not need to be said, may they fall to the ground. And may only that which is going to produce life uh, be cultivated, Lord. Uh, Lord, we pray and we ask your blessings over the rest of our time together this morning. We pray all these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song to dismiss. Uh, for those of you who are going to stay uh, for our uh, children's Easter egg, um, or not Easter egg, just our egg hunt, um, what we want you to do is get your children, and then if you'll go out here to the front of the uh, building and just line up on the uh, sidewalk um, with, their, um, with their baskets ready to get eggs, we'll do that. Uh, I'm going to ask if like the younger kids will be like over on um, the parking lot side of this sign, so anybody who's like five and under, uh, on this side of the um, of the church building, and then the older kids on the back side of the church building, and then uh, in a few minutes we'll say "Ready, Set, Go," and they'll go get you know a few eggs and have a good time. Uh, we invite everybody to stay and watch that. We hope that you've been blessed here this morning, and we pray that the rest of your day will be a blessing. Happy Easter. Amen. Amen. Well, let's sing about the peace that we have in the resurrected Savior this morning, and because of that, we are standing on solid ground. In him. Let's stand together, all right? <laughs>